I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I'm joined by Jan Scott Wilkinson of Sea Power, formerly British Sea Power. Uh, and it's a wonderful chat. Uh, I found out afterwards this is Scott's first uh, ventures into the world of podcasting. Uh, so hopefully, um, I, I, you know, I was gentle with him and uh, I made it a, a nice experience, you know, breaking his podcast duck. We have a lovely chat. He's got impeccable taste, uh, which probably comes as no surprise, uh, impeccable taste in music. And we, we chat about some absolutely wonderful music uh, on this episode. Before we get on to that, just a few thank yous. Thank you to Scroobius Pip uh, and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to Jay uh, for organizing this chat. Uh, thank you to 76 for producing the audio uh, and thanks most of all to you lot for continuing to support and listen to off the beat and track. Um, it's yeah, it's just always a, a real pleasure to sort of see, you know, the amount of people that are, are, are listening and people that are, you know, giving us a little like or a message on the socials. And it, it, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I get to speak to people, uh, you know, who are just, people that have just been in my record collection for years i get to chat to them um about these records and about the records they love and yeah it makes me very happy that i get to do that and and can share it with other people that seem to seem to enjoy it so so thanks for 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 supporting um if this is your first time listening when you get to the end of today's chat uh with scott go check out the back catalogue because there's 340 episodes available uh you can hear me speaking to artists as diverse as um butch fig um the foo fighters um motley crew suede idol sleaford mods uh, ed gamble james acaster maxine peak uh amanda abington joe hartley thomas turgoose the, the just a, a huge array of um musicians djs producers comedians just go and have a rummage i'm sure you'll find uh plenty of episodes uh that will uh take your fancy um but yeah right about now please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with jan scott wilkinson sorry i've interrupted the podcast but with good reason Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the cacao bar and there's 
gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, and what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to, and all you've got to do is just for you off the beaten track listeners, go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. Hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Scott, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right, I think. Um, yeah, not bad. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad. Uh, I've had, uh, I had my booster jab this morning, so I'm feeling a little spaced. But, uh, but yeah, like not, not, not too bad. Whereabouts are you today? I'm at home in Brighton. Oh, lovely. lovely. Yeah, I was just trying to, <laughs> on the booster jab front, I was just trying to get mine, actually, but it's after Christmas now. Do you know what? Like, I mean, it's probably not the most riveting of conversations for the listeners, but I just took my daughter to get her, her first jab, and I was like, can I have mine, like my booster? And they were like, yeah, if you want. I was like, I'm there, all right, then. So, uh, yeah, just sort of stumbled into a booster uh, this afternoon. But, uh, yeah, so just wondering. I'll contact someone else's appointment. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> She's just going to go down the queue and try and make friends with someone near the front. <laughs> oh, God, it's a really bad feeling there. About 10 o'clock tonight when I shut, it's just a really vulnerable old man just outside, like, just thinking, oh, they are most definitely booked in. Someone must have had me jab. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, look, let's, uh, let's start the playlist. And, uh, and, Scott, I'm going to ask you for track one, please, to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, I think this is a good choice. I don't know. I'm doubting some of my choices already. Okay. It's actually a good one. I ended up, it sprung to mind when I, you know, read the question and uh, I hadn't heard it for a long time. And then I listened to it today. I ended up listening to it about five times in a row. It's so good. But it's Two Tribes Go to War by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Um. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's maybe not the most sort of clever musical thing ever. I don't know, cool. Maybe it is cool. I don't know. But uh, particularly on the video version, yeah. you get the bonus bit where somebody's, what do they say? They say something about an air attack. An air attack warning sounds yeah. like this. <laughs> and then comes in on a, on the piano with a siren. Uh, and then it sort of goes all Russian, yeah. sort of glamorous choir and drums, um, which is all really good. Then it comes in with the electro bit, oh. with, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it sounds a bit like yellow or something yeah. to me. Like, yeah. uh, waiting for a chicka chicka. <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah, so, you know, it didn't disappoint. The memory of it was... I didn't remember all the bits that well. And then 
I listened to it, I was blown away again. Then I watched it with the video, and I thought, this is one of the best videos ever made. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm 48, so uh, I kind of remember Two Tribes was the first song that terrified me. Yeah. Uh, because it was, you know, around the time of, like, Threads and, and, and all of this kind of hysteria. And and just hearing it, I just thought, oh, oh God, oh, my mum my and dad are going to get blown up. I'm never going to. And it, it, it's the end. And it was so terrifying. And, and obviously they dropped Relax before that. And obviously the furore that come around that record as well. And, you know, I remember sort of hearing that as a kid and just thinking, What's what's the problem? They're just guys wanting to relax. Like surely that'll be a good thing, right? Yeah. Just chill out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, yeah. well, that's what I mean because it's like I don't know. They're not usual song uh, sort of content, is it? Really, like you know, lyrically and whatever. Yeah. But it sounds so much fun, doesn't it? In the song, it without it being a Without it really being a piss take, it just sounds like this is. It doesn't sound like oh, I'm going to make a serious point now, mm. it, which is, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> and like but, yeah. they looked great as well. Like Holly Johnson, like you, you see them sort of top of the pops performances, and he looked a bit scary. He looked terrifying, and there was like the. I can't remember that was it Paul, the guy next to him that always had the kind of biker hat and the the, the moustache. Like they just they looked like a band. They looked like. They meant something, and it and it was just so for me at that time so hard sounding. Like, do, do you know what I mean? That production, that that, that, that Trevor Horn production, that, that is, is the same on Relax as well. It's a proper smack in the chops. Yeah, well, he's very good, isn't he, Trevor Horn? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about what you were saying about Threads. Actually, then <laughs> that brought back memories. I remember. I think I don't. I think I saw it. I might. I don't know if I saw it the first time it was out or was it repeated a year or two later, but I was pretty young. Yeah. Because I'm almost as old as you are. Yeah. Yeah, 46 now. So, I was, you know, I think I was less than, what would I have been, 10? So when was it? I don't know, was it mid-80s? Or? Oh, maybe I would say early, I would say 83 springs to mind. 83, 84. Like eight. Yeah, was, yeah. So I remember because people were like melting, weren't they? Yeah, great, great age to watch Threads Eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck no, it. Did it scare me a bit as well because I used to sort of for a long time after that I'd come up with survival plans, <laughs> <laughs> like riding home from school on my bike. I'd be thinking, where could you hide and how many tins of soup would you need? <laughs> could I get there in three minutes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So was was there any other kind of uh, honourable mentions that almost made it for this one? Yeah, I think that was. Uh, so I almost went for a couple of real, they don't even sound impressive, but Heart of Gold by Neil Young. It's really short and it's not much happens. Yeah. It's just the sort of basic riff and the drums, but it just feels so good. Like, it, I don't know, it's just, it's just amazing. And it doesn't even last long. And then the other one I almost went for was uh, Sound and Vision. Yeah. Um, Bowie, of course, because uh, that's weird. I'm sure, have, have you had that chosen before? No, no. Um, I thought it would have been multiple. 
It's uh, the most chosen one. Like, got, actually, got chosen twice last week. Was "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince. Uh, okay. That's the one that's been chosen the most in the, the three hundred and however many episodes of this podcast have been recorded now. But um, Sound and Vision's a, a beaut, isn't it? And it's that kind of you're just waiting for that little synth payoff, aren't you? When that comes in, oh. Well, it's like you keep thinking it's going to start, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously not after a few goes, but... And then I checked it out, and it is. It's a three-minute song, and half of it is the intro. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just sort of it fades out, I think, or something. So it's like, how, how strange is that? I mean, that's I like it when people do slightly weird things with their... Uh, they still manage to make a pop song or something, but they don't... You know, follow this, follow the rules. So, would you put yourself in that bracket? Because looking at um, trends in, in in music, and I've had so many sort of songwriters and um, and producers on here, and, and I'm always fascinated. And when I just when I watch my own children sort of get go through their music and seeing how quick their thumbs move, and these attention spans seem to be getting shorter. Like, does any of that? You know, like straight in. Let's grab them like as as soon as we can with with, with a single or, or or with a track. Does any of that ever sort of filter into your kind of creative process, like when you're writing? Um, I don't think it does really. No, uh, I mean perhaps it should. I mean we probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, no, you meant to start with the singing, aren't you now? Straight in with the vocal, if possible. Or maybe a weird noise first. <laughs> but, um, no, I don't think it does really. The only time it plays a bit of a role is when it comes down to, like, people start having chats about what your single should be, maybe. Yeah. And can you make the start a bit shorter? But that's almost like it was about... 10, 15, 20 years ago, they used to do that. So I'd say we're well behind the times. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not really, um, we're not good at that sort of business thinking. <laughs> well, or, or being on trend. <laughs> um, yeah, but trends come and go, right? Style's consistent. Well, <laughs> there's a compliment in there, Scott. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. Um, yeah. For track two, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, mate. Okay. Uh, this was a weird one because I don't, I didn't, I didn't think I, I, I don't know where this came from really because it's not something I've thought about before. Mm-hmm. But I started thinking, what was it? And I thought about songs like Me and Neil. Hamilton is in the band, my brother. We used to go to jumble sales in the village and like buy like you know, bundles of seven inches and albums and stuff. Or bid on them in the jumble sale auction. And some of those I remember and I was thinking like made an impact, or it's gotta be a really good song or you know, something that formed my musical <laughs> you know, thinking or something like that. But I thought, well, emotions aren't all just good, are they? You know, it's a mixture of things. And this one came to mind, and it's Pennies from Heaven. Well, no, it's from the TV series Pennies from Heaven, but the song is uh, Cheek to Cheek. 
by uh, Irving Berlin. Uh, and I think it was, I mean, the music is really powerful. It may, it's kind, it reminds me of, uh, in the old days, <laughs> you used to have um, Sundays where it was really boring, especially if you couldn't get out. It was just like time would last infinitely long. Like, it just felt like forever. And you just think, oh, my God. So it's a bit sad like that, but at the same time, it's a really upbeat, dreamy, romantic song. Um, and it used to come on, and it was on... When I heard it, it was from the TV show, Pennies from Heaven, which uh, Bob Hoskins was in. And my dad liked that show. He was into 30s music and stuff. And it was quite... It was uh, The show had a similar mood. It was, it, was quite, it was quite surreal, though. It was like a drama. Occasionally, they'd all burst into song. That sort of thing didn't really happen very often in their shows, so it's quite strange, surreal, a bit David Lynch in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and I, I just made, I used to, and also there was a slightly like really repressed sexual element to the show. And I, I, being very young, I probably thought, oh, well, what's going on here? <laughs> so all those things together, combined mostly with that weird sort of. Uh, impossible romantic dreaminess uh yeah it made some kind of weird impression on me what would that what would that emotion have been then um it's sort of sad but at the same time it's uh sort of optimistic in an unrealistic way with a with a dark undertone (laughs) something like that i don't know and so so where was you around then? Where where was growing up? So it was um, Nutland in Cumbria, which is like a village of maybe 200 houses, something like that. Um, you know, there wasn't much there. There was a church, a post office, and a pub about four miles away. Near, near Kendall, which is a bit more famous, you know, so it's the middle of nowhere in the Lake District, like a beautiful place, but not a lot going on. And, uh, yeah, what, uh, sort of watching bits of it, you weren't really meant to watch it because it did have slightly adult bits in it. Yeah. I don't know if I just had to go out of the room or what. It was on VHS. <laughs> And also, my mum hated the show. So that was a weird dynamic as well. <laughs> uh, aside from... Uh, the, the, it's getting a bit too... Uh, it's getting a bit... I feel like I'm on the couch. <laughs> well, aside from the sort of... The, the, the VHSs that were, were floating about, you know, in a, in, a, in a small sort of village in the lakes, like... Was there, was there music on at home? Was it a musical house? Yeah, it was very... Well... So I've got a big family, really, because I'm second youngest, and my oldest brother, Roy, is... Well, there's six of us, like four brothers and a sister. So he's a fair bit older than me, and he was a massive music fan. So there was that angle of it where... I mean, he became a music journalist. He used to send packages home to me and Neil, I think trying to influence us, which possibly did was a successful kind yeah. of... Plan, you know, but at the same time, my dad was also into music, you know, classical 30s, big band and jazz and 
uh, you know, a variety of fairly serious music in a way. So there was that versus sort of um, sub pop yeah. or, uh, you know, Sonic Youth or Butthole Surfers or Pixies. That's what your brother was sending you back? Yeah. Oh, like, how so, great's that? Yeah, I know. That's a weird thing because you're in a sort of place where no one's ever heard of most of these bands and you may be eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, going through to teenage and you're listening to like without really finding it like Julian Cope or I don't know, Pale Fountains or, you know, the whole, like a record collection of like maybe a thousand records or whatever. Yeah. And you're taking it off for granted in a way. You think that's what, that's what everyone's listening to. (laughs) So it's real nice, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So lucky. Track three. The song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Uh, yeah, so I went for um, Metal Mickey by Suede. Um, I think, uh, I'm thinking, because like school, you know, it's a, it's a long time. So I went for sort of, I'm 16, 17. Uh, yeah, Suede. I mean, uh, they were one of the started to find some music for myself by that point. Uh, I hadn't strayed that far from this other stuff, but it was, you know, indie quality. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Indie music uh, made by weirdos. And it was one of those things where people started having, like, 17th through 18th sort of birthday parties in uh, the John Boss Social Club. And there'd be a lot of, um, you know, popular music played and then they'd have a little alternative section and you'd get, like, the levelers. <laughs> you know, wonder stuff, yep. things like that. Which, you know, I'm not... They're all right, but... I, I liked the slightly more alternative stuff, and then you swayed or Nirvana would come on, and people would headbang to swayed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a thing, but 
that was what you did if you were alternative. You used to headbang. Did you get to see Suede them them early days? Yeah, I did. I saw them uh, second album. Um, it was the second. I think it was the second gig I ever saw. Proper gig. The first being Iggy Pop. That's a good place to start. Yeah, I mean that was one where I didn't really know who he was, but yet again, Roy had taken us on a day out of a cultural influence. <laughs> You know, to a young mind, sort of thing. Like, have a look at this. This is weird. Oh, man. I, 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 I wish I had a Roy. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a good fella. He's clever. Um, I mean, he helped get the band together. So I don't know if this was a long term strategy he had yeah. because he failed to get his own band together. Yeah. <laughs> so he deployed his younger brothers. I, I actually saw Swade uh, about three weeks ago. Um, they played Ali Pali because uh, it was the anniversary of coming up uh, and obviously they played that and then they come back on and played you know all the stuff from the, the, the first, you know all the, all the hits from the first albums and a couple of sort of fan favourites and and I was lucky to see him on, on the you know when the first album come out and I remember the excitement around Suede and it, it felt because you know you, you mentioned like sub pop and stuff like that in, in them kind of 91, 92, everything was so stateside. It was everybody was looking over to Seattle and everywhere else to, you know, for, for the yeah. biggest kind of guitar music. And then it screamed London as well, didn't it? Like Suede. And it was just like, it was seedy, it was Bowie, it was Morrissey. It was so much kind of exciting stuff going, uh, like going on with them. And oh man, I've seen them early shows that they, they were absolutely like fantastic. He was such a good front man. And to see them, I'd not seen them for years and years and years. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'll go and watch them. And his performance, like, he was absolutely incredible, Brandison, on stage. He's just such a front man. Like, really, really good. His voice was incredible as well. You would have seen him with um, Bernard Butler, I guess, then the first time. I did, so yeah, yeah, a couple of times. I did just left when I saw them. So I didn't, you know, I thought he was amazing. So yeah. I was a bit, like, oh, I've gutted that I didn't see them with him playing. Yeah. But it was still a really good. Then I did actually see, you know, we we supported them at, uh, what's the park in London where you can go swimming outside? Victoria Park? I don't know. But whichever one that is. Hey, some, Hampstead, is Hampstead Heath? Heath is Hampstead. where, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did a show there and we played with them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he came and he did a really gentlemanly hello. In, uh, <laughs> like uh, a bit before the show, sort of thing, came and introduced himself, you know. Hello, and he, and he came in, and we were all like, just like um, the opposite, really. You know, we were all sprawled around, sort of doing something really stupid, and I just felt really embarrassed afterwards because he, <laughs> honestly, came in, and he was, he was all, you know, tall and skinny, you know well-pressed shirts <laughs> looking uh, handsome and cool he came in and we were just sort of I don't know like swinging some whiskey and falling over or <laughs> 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 I thought, oh, oh well but you know it's a nice thing people don't do that very much you know it's nice to be nice isn't it yeah how was school school uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, it was it's a mixture of things, isn't it, really? I mean... Do you enjoy it? I enjoyed bits of it, yeah. I mean, overall, 
it was, yeah, I mean, there's some some great things about it, yeah. I mean, you make some great friends and all that kind of thing. I always felt a bit slightly weird at school. I, I think we weren't socialised that well as young children and uh, <laughs> just felt slightly like, oh, it's a bit weird fitting in here. But then as you got through it and you got older, that sort of became quite a good thing. Um I just remember sort of weird things like uh, riding to school on like a girl's bicycle and thinking how how uncool it. You know, like everything's really embarrassing, isn't it? When of course you're, it is. Yeah. Like, like if you have something properly embarrassing, it's actually like unbearably embarrassing. Yeah. Now you call it. Yeah, look at that cool kid on the girl's bicycle. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It was sort of traumatic, yeah, pretty good. I mean, I didn't find, I did quite well at school, so it wasn't like, I did quite well until I almost got thrown out. <laughs> but that's a, that's a long story. Um, did you yeah, know what you wanted to be? What did I want to be? Uh, I think there was a bit of me, I, I, had, I didn't have that much musical skill. Like, I'd started to try and play guitar a bit. But I did still think I could probably do this somehow. And I tried to make a band with like my best mate. We had one rehearsal in the music room after school one day and played Psycho Killer by Talking Heads. Place to I chose that one. He chose a song by The Cure. And we did them pretty badly, just the two of us. And that was that. <laughs> did the, ba- did the um, band have a name? No, we didn't get that. F- didn't even get that far, really. Yeah. Uh, but he was one of the. So I remember, like, used to. There was, I think, I think this was a thing that wasn't just our school. But you'd have pencil cases, and you'd write bands and musicians and things you liked on them. Yeah, always, and yeah. on school bags as well. Yeah, so I had like Pixies written on mine. Yeah. People didn't know that was a band even, so they're just like, why do you really like Pixies? Like, you know, little people or whatever. <laughs> or Julie and Cope, and they'd be like, that sounds like a girl. <laughs> um, you know, up until you get to sick form and then suddenly everyone starts discovering music. And yeah. Like but, yeah, so I think I thought uh, I wanted to either be a musician or a painter. Um, that was, was, that was, was either of that? Either of sort of those subjects encouraged at your school? Uh, I had a really good art teacher, um, but music wasn't really a thing. Um, you know, you could learn trumpet or something. Yeah. Being the orchestra. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, I didn't get... I, I didn't... I don't know. I think I got asked to be... You know, you got selected... And you could like choose an instrument, and I did it. But then we couldn't afford a violin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, music or painting is a thing. Okay, for track four, can I ask you to tell me the first song that you remember buying from a record shop? All right. So this is um, "Loser" by Beck, mm-hmm. which technically I didn't buy because I um, it was one of the few things I've ever stolen in my life. And it was from Woolworths. Uh, so, I, but I couldn't, the only other, th- the only other thing I could remember buying was Nevermind, but that's an album, so I didn't think that counted. 
just just to talk about never mind reason being I, I went for a run about a week ago and I just put it on and it's it's one of them records that I just as DJed in indie clubs for the last 35 years like I, I just one of them things I never think I'm going to sit and listen to Nirvana it's like it's just I've played it so much over the years and I just put it on and, and you know talking about like hooks and grabbing people at the beginning of records and things like that I just listened to Nevermind from start to finish for the first time probably since it come out yeah it's a absolute cracker <laughs> It sounds better in a club, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, um, there's something weird when you listen to something in public, isn't there? That's different. Yeah. And I know what you mean there. I think, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, suddenly it seems like, I mean, they've never been unpopular off the Nirvana, but it suddenly seems like they're actually getting more credit than ever. Yeah. I don't know if it's an age thing. But I think it's, yeah, the production's really clever. Although you don't notice it in a way, but then I think. Are you a fan of the production? Because I, I remember, like Kurt wasn't. I, I actually spoke to I Butch Vig on this podcast, and we, and we we spoke at length about the sort of production on on, on Nevermind. I I like it. I think he's got a really nice kind of sort of pop sheen to it. Like, yeah. what what's your thoughts on it? I like it. I mean, I think that I think Dave Grohl was really good for them. Uh. I th- you know, I'm not really a f- like a Foo Fighters fan and things like that, mm. but I think his drumming on on Nirvana was phenomenally just his choices and the way he did it, energy and all that. But yeah, so I I uh, briefly had heard of Nirvana a little bit before they suddenly came along, went massive, and I'd heard like about a girl and stuff on Sub Pop, and I liked them. They were really they were quite different. They were, some of them were just like G and C, just mm. like and like. You'd get some of that later. But, yeah, and then suddenly it's like layers of guitar. But I thought it worked, you know. I thought it was powerful and, like, the vocals sound really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I like it, yeah. Nothing. No pro. I don't mind a bit, you know, if it's done well. Yeah. Tell it's me weird how suddenly massive it was there. Yeah, R- ridiculously massive. Um, Beck, loser. Oh, yeah, that was the song I actually <laughs> yeah. Yes, because I saw it. I was watching Top of the Pops. Yeah. And that was normally like, you know, most... I didn't... There was some music I like now, which I used to hate in those days, and it was mostly that kind of music. Mm. And then you'd get something different like this on. And it, it was a really good song. Like, it, it was really good. Uh, but his band was made of, like, on Top of the Pops. I don't think this was his touring band possibly but they were all really like old dudes like it was a sort of like North American Indian on like a sitar or something and like a sort of weird old drummer and like an old guitarist with a white beard and all this and then he looked really young and cool and whatever and I just thought that's that's you know just tickled tickled me a bit I guess Uh, it's a really good song isn't it I mean did you stick with Beck you're a fan I did for quite a while, uh, up until like being a student and stuff like that. I went to see him at that point, actually, and he'd gone a little bit. He looked country and western by then and was playing harmonica. He was really good at harmonica, actually. Uh, And then I've sort of tried to listen to him a little bit now and again, and I'm 
I'm all right with it, but it doesn't grab me like some of those early ones. It's quite smooth, isn't it, and stuff now? Yeah, yeah. Scientologist. What's that? Like a Scientologist. Yeah. Isn't he? That's strange. Yeah, that's really strange. I don't know what to think about that. No, no. I, I wish, like, there's, there's lots of kind of artists that I really respect that every now and again you find out that and you think, oh, well, that sort of spoils it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a whole, Scientology's a whole thing, weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, just just, just a bit. Well, in regards to, to, to record shops, how important did they become for you as you got older and... As you know, as as a musician now in in twenty twenty, probably two by the time this comes out, you know, what's your relationship with with record stores now? Um, now I don't really. I mean, record stores now, like the good ones, are things like what, like Rough Trade and yeah. stuff, aren't they? or the good independent ones where you can sort of hang out a bit, find some good stuff. Yeah. Do you still do that if you you know if you're out of that? There's one, there's a couple in Brighton, but I don't really go out that into town very often. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really, you know. So I sort of morally support them, but physically not so much. <laughs> Too much hard work nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I sort of miss the days where that that was the thing. You know, that's where you'd go if you wanted your music, and you'd go and have a look and browse through the things. I like that. I think I could start doing it again but you know you just get busy and lazy and stuff and it's like three hours to go into town you do it and it's brilliant but then forget about it was you more obsessive about it as a younger man a bit but yeah i mean like i said earlier i mean there were so many albums to discover just at home well of course yeah that and they're all perfectly catalogued and you know, pristine those little plastic sleeves on top and everything. You still, I mean, you still got them? No, they weren't mine. They weren't mine, that's the thing. Um I, I've built up a bit of a record collection and then about ten just over ten years ago I went away touring to America for three months and there was a <laughs> there was a leak in the flat above where no. I lived. And they got soaked and they were all warped and all the cardboard was all soggy and mo- there was like thick mould growing over them. It was like a sort of vegetable. <laughs> oh, that's not and fun. It put me off. I've just started to think, I've just started to get a few again recently because I just, yeah, I don't know, it put me off losing yeah. them all. It was psychologically a big blow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, got it. Scott, Tell me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing, please. Um, I don't think I really had, I've got to say, preface this with, I was never really a clubber, to be honest. I mean, I'm talking about dance music clubbing. Yeah, this can be your local sweaty indie night. There would have been indie nights. I was it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I was at Reading University, and it was either indie clubs or possibly there was a bit of a jungle thing going on. Was was it the Fez? Was that the... Fez, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of the other one. So there was like, um, I quite, the only, I quite, I went to a few like dance stuff and that, but I never really got into it. I had a lot of friends who did it. I just liked going. And then afterwards, I would, uh, I liked the afterwards bit, late at night where you'd just be really lazy and a bit in a funny mood. <laughs> so, uh the thing that came to mind was like Happy Mondays, which was sort of in between those two worlds in a way, because uh, it's you know it's all pilled up and it's on drugs and it's funky and fun, but it's also weirdly made by punky indie kind of people in a weird way. Um, so that's what came to mind, and I don't know. I mean, they were around from when I was a teenager and they would be played then, you know, even in small towns in discos and stuff. What track you gone for? I've gone for uh, Step On. Yeah. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it's, it's an amazing song. Uh, the lyrics and everything are brilliant. Sean Ryder's, like, so likeable. Yeah. Uh, he could, you know, you might see him if you didn't know anything and think he was an idiot or something, maybe. But he's phenomenally talented with his, like the way he delivers it and the actual words. And then you, you know, and then you've got Bez and a good band. I mean, I saw them not that long ago at Kendall Calling Festival, mm. maybe three, four years ago or something. And they had quite a lot of the band and Rowetta. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how tight they were. Yeah. Like, how good it was watching Siders. I thought they'd be a fun, sloppy spectacle. And he did have a lot of screens with lyrics on around <laughs> placed, yeah. you know, in yeah. all the monitors and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, they were really good. He's, uh, yeah. like, uh, I've had a few of them on the podcast, and they've, uh, they're all sort of saying that they're, probably playing the best they've ever played now uh, yeah. because I guess they've all calmed down a, a hell of a lot uh, from obviously you know the the, the stories and, and obviously all the stuff that surrounded surrounded that band I, I, I he come and DJ'd at my, my club in Essex and uh, and it's uh, it, it really summed up like Sean Ryder for me that he was such a hero for me like you know that the, the, the you know Thrills Pills album and stuff like that was just massive and, and and such a big record for me and and I was getting Sean Ryder this was probably maybe 12-13 years ago come to my club to DJ in Essex and uh, 
and he and I was just like, oh, I'm going to meet Sean Ryder. This is going to be crazy. Like, and this tiny little fella kind of sort of wobbled into the DJ stand, and uh, and I was just like, oh, hello, Sean. And uh, and he was like, all right. And uh, and then he had this like record box, and I thought, right, this has just got to be like some kind of like when they open the arc, but it's just like Hacienda Roy is going to be in there, like every possible, you know, Weatherall remix is all going to be in here. And when he opened it, it was like a few CDs. One was like classic driving gold, free with a Sunday Express. <laughs> oh, I was like, fucking hell, what is going on? And, uh, and I can't remember what I paid him. It was a few grand. And, uh, and I went, right, it's my last song, Sean. Like, you ready to go on? And he just went, yeah. And then he just gave me uh, Classic Driving Gold, and he went, track four. And I went, what about it? And he went, oh, I can't DJ. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm paying you two grand for me to DJ for you. Oh, okay. And uh, and then someone come up to the DJ before and went to him, will you, um, will you, like, just, like, if, if like you like if uh, you stick on step on, will you like maybe just give it a bit of twisting my melons over the mic or something like that? Uh, uh, so he was like, yeah, 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 I'll sing along, and I was like, right. And he'd and I'd he kept saying like he was just putting these beers away, and he went, can you get me a beer? I went, yeah. So I gave him this bottle of bud, and then he had the mic in the other hand, and I put on step on, and. He was going to be Mike's fucked, Mike's fucked, and I was like, and I had to sort of go and swap his hands over because he was singing into the bottle of bud. <laughs> <laughs> to which he was like, "All oh, right, right," uh, and then proceeded to sing Kinky Afro over Step On, which just sounded fucking surreal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess that's the full Sean Ryder experience you expect, that isn't it? Really good value. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> that sounds better than your average DJ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but right, I'm going to take you home for track six. Uh, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is another difficult one. What have you got to play with uh, in... in uh... This is why it's difficult, yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot. Um, there really isn't a lot to choose from, is there? There's a lot of um, folk bands who do weddings or uh, blues covers. Yeah. Things like that. Um, oh, hang on. There's one proper band who... What are they called now? Who's a famous indie band who came, they split up a few years ago. You know, well, fairly famous. From the Lake District? From Kendall, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I should be able to think of their name, but it's just... Anyway, uh, that's bugging me now. Um, I'll have have a look. Yeah. But, yeah, so (laughs) I've gone for It Bites... Uh, calling all the heroes, which I can't say I know loads and loads about it bites, um, but I did hear I did know the song and uh, they seem pretty cool. <laughs> and also, they were voted the uh, Cumbrian anthem by uh, Radio Cumbria listeners. 
which tipped the balance for me and I thought, well, better go with this now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot to be said, but they're, they're a fairly intelligent prog rock metal band, which is pretty weird. And they managed to make it a hit and come from Cumbria. So, um, Egremont, I think. I, uh, I've only heard "Calling All the Heroes" by it. By it, so I'm, I'm just uh, so. I've also pulled up the uh, Marillion. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Well, I'm sure Fish was from Scotland, but uh, Steve Hogarth, apparently, who is the, the singer songwriter, is uh, from there. Uh, there is a lot of blues and folk bands. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> it wasn't really a artistic, cultural, musical hotspot. Oh, some gang of four. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's like, you know, they've got a Cumbrian element. <laughs> Great name for an album. Yeah. <clears throat> One of them left Cumbria early and went to Manchester or something. <laughs> Probably something loose like that. Yeah. Um, well, for the last track, Scott, I'm going to ask you, you can play Tastemaker now, an influencer, and turn someone onto something new, because I'd like you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Okay. Um, so I I almost chose... This is a, this is a tip-off, but I didn't choose it, but I sort of wish I had, because I thought of it later. There's a new band called Demonic Fonts, which... They're not very well known at all, so it would fit the question really well. Demonic fonts, and they've got a song called Autumnal Fix, um, which is really good. But I didn't choose that one. And I went for um, Silver Jews, New Orleans, off their first album. Yeah. Um, it came on the other day. So, like, last, last year or so, I've had a lot of time to listen to music for a change. And I do it mostly in the shed while I'm um, painting. So I have hours of it to just listen to music without thinking about it too hard. And uh, I've been listening to Pavement a lot. And then a song by Silver Jews came on after a Pavement album had finished, and it reminded me. I hadn't heard them for ages. Yeah. Um, He died during lockdown, didn't he? Yeah, Dave. It's Dave Berman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did listen to that album a few times. I thought it was, was it Purple Mountains? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really good, but it made me quite sad listening. The more you listen to it and start thinking about what he's saying in the songs and then the fact that he killed himself not long after takes, I don't know, sort of makes it better, but takes the fun out of listening to it in a way because you're thinking this guy's having some issue. You know, he's having a hard time, really hard time singing about these things in a light-hearted, fun manner. It yeah. just makes you want to sort of cry a bit. Did you hear the um, the first aid kit song that they, they wrote for him, Strange Beauty? No. Nah. Oh, that's, that's quite lovely. Ah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah, it's worth, worth a listen. That's written about Dave. Yeah. So, nah. were you a big fan of, of, of Silver Jews? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a big Pavement fan. And uh, are you going to see them? Are they or have they just played? No, I think I thought, oh, I hope I haven't missed them. I thought they were playing, uh, 
medal or something of next year. Right, yeah. I, I've just got a text saying, do you want to go and see Pavement? And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, Academy, isn't it? Like four nights yeah. or something? Like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, you know, how did that happen? I mean, I, yeah, they should, it should happen, but you think, well... I don't know, when I used to listen to them a long time ago, there's very few people who well, you, you'd meet every day who would have heard of them, sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah but I mean, so yeah, Silver G's was a sort of, I thought it was a side thing for a long time, but then someone told me that it was, uh, Bomber started at the same time as Pavement. Yeah. And it's got, uh, it had like, was it Bob... Um, Bob Nastovich, Nastan, yeah. Nastan. Mm-hmm. So it had two members in it, didn't it? And then David Berman. I don't know who else was in it. I'm not 100% sure either. Yeah, and I was like the thing I read and reread today. It was like, they said, uh, well, let's just make a band and uh, we'll make it look like it's a proper CD, but it'll just be like the stupid songs we've recorded in our bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just sort of like some of the songs don't finish yeah like they start but then they don't finish um but they all seem really genuine and weird and lo-fi and have a nice mood this is probably one of the more accomplished songs on the album yeah. and it's it's quite a sad sort of moody song you know with a sort of sparkle of hope and happiness and beauty in there but it's quite a emotional like you know nice touching sun yeah well before we wrap things up looking into to 2022 hopefully there'll be plenty of sparkles of beauty and connection and 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 yeah and 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 kind of hopefully an end to all of the madness that's been happening for the last couple of years um what are you looking forward to next year personally scott and what's going to be happening professionally uh, uh, I'll start with professional <laughs> there's a fine line between the two to be honest yeah. it's hard to separate them uh, you know if I go on tour it's like I basically go and hang out with my friends I've had for 30 years <laughs> or 20 yeah. years um, so yeah but yeah so I think this is possibly I don't know when this is going out, but this is probably exclusive news. This oh, we had we did a festival uh, three years ago, I think it was yeah, about three years ago um, near Salafield <laughs> in a beautiful bit of the Lake District. It was called Crankin' House, um, and we we're doing a, we're doing our second one um, in August twenty two, and we you know it's good. We had like Steve Davis. Snapped ankles, Hannah Peel, I don't know, had loads of good people playing and it was it was fun in a in a weird cow shed. It's gonna be slightly upgraded but at the same place. It's in a cow shed but also next to a very fine castle. Lovely. <laughs> you, get, you can go on a steam train or see some birds of prey or something <laughs> if you want to, you know. So straddling that line. Um yeah, we've got an album out which is you know, which is it's been quite a while this time, so it feels quite special. I think we've done something good. <laughs> and personally, I don't know. I mean, yeah, 
like everyone and like you just said, really, I mean, I'm hoping it can go back to normal a bit, maybe. Yeah. And stop worrying about everything being cancelled yeah. and um, should I put my mask on? And Absolutely. Or, you know, worrying about people yeah. and how times are running. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's not very original, but there's not been much else to look forward to. Maybe a holiday. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah. If people want to find out uh, about festival, about the album, about gigs, where's the best place for people to, to keep up to speed with what you're doing? Uh, probably just, I mean, the festival, I don't know, because it hasn't actually been, <laughs> hasn't been announced in any way yet. Okay. But the tickets won't be on sale till next year. Uh, yes, I don't know, our website, I think it's... I don't even know what our website is. com, I think it is now. Okay. I'll yeah. put the uh, the link to that in the bio to this podcast so people can go and explore it if they haven't done already. Scott, yeah. it, it's been a proper joy talking records with you, mate. Uh, thank you, Stu. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Cheers, mate. Anytime. Cheers, mate. There you go. Lovely. Like just getting to talk about Silver Jews and getting to talk about Suede, the Pixies and Nirvana. Uh, you know, when, when you have guests that are in and around the same sort of age bracket, like them kind of cultural and like, you know, them big records, they're kind of on the same timeline. It, it makes a really easy kind of conversation. And, oh, my God, don't we all need a brother called Roy that, that literally just sends you... Inc- like, see, who's getting sent sub-pop records when they're, like, eight or nine years old? Oh, what an absolutely incredible influence that, you know, to, to have as an older brother. Um, yeah, so obviously go check out the, the website and uh, and go get stuck into the new Sea Power record. And, uh, yeah, and if you haven't done already, subscribe to the podcast. Go check out the back catalogue. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do that. I think it's about 79p uh, a month. You get radio shows and loads of other episodes and video episodes. And yeah, I think that's, that's all I need to say. Um, other than thanks ever so much for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network. You've made stew with him. Eat him up.